Hello everyone and welcome back to The Bridgehead on AM 530 at 1.30pm. My name is Jonathan Van Maren and I'll be your host for the next half an hour. Now, as we've been discussing uh, various different human rights violations and, and what we can do about them, one of the topics that we, we've talked about quite a bit on this show is porn as well as human trafficking. And that plays directly into a, a debate that's going on currently here in Canada. The uh, House of Commons just finished hearing arguments in committee and testimonies in committee of various human trafficking victims and victims of the sex trade industry uh, because they're planning to pass, hopefully this year, a bill on prostitution. So to discuss uh, this issue and, and, and all the different corollary issues that are so important, I contacted Member of Parliament Joy Smith. Joy Smith is well known in political circles as, as the go-to person on this issue. She's passed multiple private members' bills dealing with human trafficking. She's worked extensively uh, with victims of human trafficking. She's flown in people like Dr. Gail Deans, the author of, of Pornland, into the House of Commons on her own dime to educate the members of Parliament about the threat that pornography poses to our children. Uh, she also backed UK Prime Minister David Cameron's bill to restrict pornography in that country and has suggested that the Canadian government should do the same. So I talked uh, yesterday with Member of Parliament Joy Smith on, on different issues facing Canada and what you can do about it. I hope you enjoy this conversation. There's so much in the media right now about human trafficking and porn. And keep in mind, those people that are pushing, it could be a lot of them are making money off it. Well, and that's a, a, just a really good segue into the conversation I wanted to have with you. So you're working right now on Parliament Hill, and I think the hearing's just finished on, on Canada's new prostitution law. Yes. So just to, uh, tell our listeners a bit about that, because I'm finding in my conversations that a lot of people just aren't really aware of, of one, why we need a prostitution law, and, and two, what those proceedings have been like and what sort of testimonies the, the MPs have oh, been hearing. Oh, those are such good questions, Jonathan. First of all, we didn't choose to deal with this issue as a government this year, but the Supreme Court of Canada last Christmas gave Canadians a Christmas present. Uh-huh. And they uh, they deemed all the laws around prostitution to be unconstitutional. And as you know, prostitution is legal in this country now. Right. But those laws like solicitation and all those kinds of laws that were around prostitution put some parameters around where police could do something. Uh, collapsing those laws virtually makes the whole practice legal. Right. And as you know, in uh, Sweden, Norway, Iceland, all those countries, uh, if you remember, there was the Swedish model, Jonathan. Uh-huh. And so in Sweden, they legalized everything, like the Supreme Court of Canada wants to do. And what happened was they had increased in organized crime, increase in child pornography, increase in violence against women. Uh, they had uh, nationals coming from other countries on their streets, traffic victims, and they, they got alarmed. And they said, we have to do something. And they completely changed their laws. And what they did was they targeted the market. They targeted the Johns and the Pimps. Right. And then they also put in exit strategies for those in prostitution, which which you know, they found out uh, a lot of them were were traffic victims as well that were forced into it. It wasn't something that they chose. Right. Now, here in Canada, Jonathan, when the Supreme Court of Canada last Christmas said, 
you know, um, uh, this is what we believe should happen in the country. They did one wise thing, and that was to allow the government a year until this Christmas, 2014, to respond to their ruling. Uh So Bill C-36 is a response to that ruling. And Bill C-36 is a very good bill. It's under uh, Minister Peter McKay. Uh-huh. And there was, there was nationwide consultation that went out. Of course, uh, me as a person, uh, working with the victims over all these years, right. I said personally that we had to target the Johns and the Pimps and that we shouldn't arrest the victims. When we went through committee this summer, what we did was we've got a very, very, very solid bill. What it is is uh, we went after the Johns and the Pimps, and uh, we will be charging them if they buy sex. Right. The victims, uh, what I call the victims, some people don't believe they are all victims, and I'm sure not all of them are, but by far the majority are. Right. There's no doubt about it. We are not arresting them except if they are in front of schools and playgrounds where children are or or the public kiddie pools because you find a lot of predators around those places, especially the the kiddie pools in the summer. So those are three places that if someone is found there or if uh, they're soliciting there, they could get arrested. Now, in this country, also with the bill, we went after the advertising. So, you know, the uh, people who control the prostitutes say, oh, you know, you're circumventing human rights. But the prostitutes themselves, if they advertise, they won't be arrested. But what is happening in this country is you can see reams and reams and reams of advertising that say something like, um, you know, fresh uh, Asian girls, uh, any age, any anything you want. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you look on Backpage, if you look on a lot of them, the magazines, you will find these advertisements. Those are people that are controlling the girls. And under Bill C-36, those people will be prosecuted. Right. In addition to that, we have uh, exit programs for the victims of human trafficking or the prostitutes. We've put uh, $20 million into that. The other thing is uh, we've put into it a five-year evaluation. After five years, we will evaluate this process. So Bill C-36 came about as a result of the Supreme Court's ruling. Now, we only have until December 19, 2014, to get this bill through. Keep in mind that there's a lot of people that earn a lot of money off a lot of innocent victims, Mm -hmm. and so we're getting big pushback. But on committee, you should read the committee. You should read the testimonies of the victims. I've read some. It is so compelling. Yeah, and that's kind of uh, what I what I wanted to discuss is that the reason this law is so interesting is because it's 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 highlighting uh, certain dark recesses of, of our of our culture that are becoming slowly but surely mainstream, but nobody seems to notice them. Right. I was reading a testimony uh, the other day on uh, why Johns buy sex, and and a, and a bunch of the guys uh, bluntly said that the reason they went to prostitutes was to do the kind of things that quote real women wouldn't do, which leads me sort of directly to uh, you know the the Fifty Shades of Grey phenomenon and, and all these types of things that are going on is that 
not all consent is equal. And I think that our culture has become so insane when it comes to sex that we seem to have forgotten uh, what we've always known about, for example, battered women, abused wives and girlfriends, is that they have a tendency uh, to go back. And while they might be, with air quotes, consenting to something, um, in in fact, they're being psychologically manipulated and and tortured and they're in an untenable situation. So how do you think our new porn culture has sort of contributed to the problems in prostitution and sex trafficking? Right, and you know what? i got to tell you, last year I had a 10-year-old boy who wrote me a letter with the help of his parents, and he told me how he was addicted to porn. And if you remember last summer I, when um, Prime Minister Cameron um, said he was going to put a filter to filter out the porn. Right. Now people, you know, and I supported him. I said, excellent. Absolutely. And then I got a lot of pushback on that. And I got pushback because people said, you're circumventing our rights. Well, any parent can put a porn filter on in their own home. But unfortunately, they forget that the Internet has expanded. As soon as that kid has an iPhone, as soon as that kid goes to somebody else's house, whatever, uh, they are exposed to porn. Now, this 10-year-old boy was exposed to it by an older child. And I have to tell you, he it changed his whole life. And he had serious, serious problems. Right. His, his grades went down. He was always in his room. He would never interact. And finally, his parents caught on to what was happening. That family came out to see me, and this brave boy... This brave little boy, like he's being rehabilitated now, and he's he's a happy, happy kid. But in delving into this, after I started to speak out about porn and the need for a filter here in Canada, uh, what happened was I got many emails from kids and from parents who said, you know, my kid was addicted to porn. Now, this is bizarre. Where are the human rights? Like, aren't we supposed to be protecting our children? Right. And this this is a question I, I, I was meaning to ask you as well. I do, uh, you know, a lot of research in this area, and I've given I've given presentations um, at a number of universities on it. Oh, and great. W- one of the things that I, I really want to know from the public policy aspect is, is we talk a lot, a lot in technicalities, right? We talk about human rights. We talk about protecting people. But um, one thing that's really struck me in, in all of this is just the complete the complete abandonment of the concept of human dignity uh, yeah. uh, with a lot of the porn that's being produced. Um, and as I said, just because somebody um, is given permission to do something horrible, horribly degrading, uh, humiliating, and abusive, um, that doesn't make it right. And it does make it like an incredible attack on human dignity. But in today's pornified culture, where they seem to believe that the height of human achievement is to orgasm, how do you really fight for human dignity when nobody seems to realize what that concept means anymore. You know, you make such a great point. It's about respect and dignity. And unfortunately, there's big dollars in making um, victims, and I call them victims, not because they are... um, I call them victims because any predator who targets someone, that becomes their victim. Mm -hmm. These victims often become survivors. Uh, after they have some help to get out. But you're so right. It's like a a different class of people. Like, oh, we protect our children. But you'll have someone that will lure uh, someone into doing something. And once they service a man or a woman once, something happens to them. I've dealt with many of these victims, and they do lose their dignity. 
And if you heard the testimony on committee, it was so, it would just bring tears to your eyes. No human being, it's modern day slavery. Uh No human being should ever be subjected to that kind of thing. And we've got this culture now where, you know, human life, uh, human dignity is, is nothing. I mean, this is not about orgasms. I mean, the victims don't have orgasms. Maybe their predators do uh-huh. with their sixth sense of mind. But you know what I found out, too? If you look around and look at what some countries and some cities have done, like Chicago, you start focusing on the predators. Like in Chicago, what they did was um, if someone bought sex and they were caught, they, uh, they're on the streets uh, trolling for, for their next uh, fix, they would impound the car, and it cost them $500 to get it um, out of the pound. Or they could uh, get it out of the pound for free if their wife went down and got it. But if they don't pay the money right away, there's a registered letter that goes that demanding the money and outlining what they did, and then they get a big fine on top of it. And, you know, that's cut it down a lot. You see, when everybody says, oh, if you target the Johns and... And if you just let all the, um, not uh, arrest the, the prostitutes or the trafficked people, like people still believe in 2014 that you should arrest somebody who's been victimized and re-victimized because they're bad girls. The right. fact of the matter is the country has to realize what's really going on here. There's big money behind this. And if they get enough girls, I mean, girls are tattooed. I've taken tattoos off girls because they belong to somebody like like cattle and it's terrible they make between 260 280,000 dollars per victim per year and it's even even the organized crime now are getting more and more into human trafficking because they don't have to buy the product they they consider the women and the young boys the last 5 years has really grown in with young boys this concept of accepting this lack of honor and, and dignity and allowing this to happen in the country is like, you know, well, this is acceptable. This is what the girls want. This is what, Nobody wants to be beaten. Nobody right. wants to do something, give all their money to their pimp and their john. And we've sort of been brainwashed because it's such big money. Look at the advertisement. People hate that we're going to go after the advertisers because... It's big money. Right. You know, it's all about the money when it gets right down to it. There are perverts. There are predators, uh, uh, sex abusers, you know, child abusers. And they're a different category. You know, they need, I mean, they need help, these people, i got to tell you. Right. And, and they need to be uh, brought to justice as well. But we've we've created this culture where not only we have the perverts and the predators we also have the business side right where if you get enough girls and you lure enough girls and often they use young men to lure them in and now there's women involved because the women have found out that if you control the girls you get a lot of money and you don't have to do anything yourself right so you know it we have to bring this up to the forefront it is jonathan about human dignity so about about drying up demand, because a lot of the research that I've done, um, looking at you know Dr. Gail Deans and Dr. Robert Jensen and, and Dr. Marianne Layden, um, 
uh, from the University of Pennsylvania, uh, they've taken a look and they said what's the problem with a lot of, of the violent porn, which about 88% of it now contains physical violence, 49% of it's oh. containing um, vicious yeah. name-calling, of which is not appropriate for radio. And this this type of thing is socializing the, the men to accept violence. And from what I understand, um, pornography is now being used to socialize the victims and to condition and groom it the is. victims to accept the abuse. I have one victim that I'm giving an award to because she's such a courageous young girl. Her grandfather groomed her with porn and then sold her on the streets. And the parents didn't even know what was going on until finally she virtually ran away from home. You know, I brought Gail Dines out. Gail Dines is one of the foremost researchers on porn out of Boston. Mm -hmm. And I brought her to Parliament Hill. In fact, I paid for it myself out of my own pocket. And I wanted her to give in-services on porn and what porn does when men or women or young boys or girls watch it over and over again. It actually alters the brain. Right. It gives them all the bad things you're talking about, about attitudes toward women, what's good, what's bad, because these people in the porn pictures have to keep a smile on their face. Right. Or else. But I've talked I've talked to former uh, porn stars, and they say every one of them has been uh, trafficked at some point or another, yeah. not necessarily in being kidnapped, but being forced into doing scenes they didn't want to do through oh, coercion yeah. or just surprise. Because as one major porn producer now said, the future of American porn, and then obviously Canadian porn as well, is pain. That was a direct quote. It is. It is so sadistic. It's hardcore porn. And so it was interesting because when I brought Gail out, I just had a session with um, members of parliament and senators. Nobody else was allowed in. And I said to Gail, I said, show them what the kids see. Uh And I have to tell you, the shocked faces and the distaste uh, that was in that room, and I wanted to make the point that they have to protect their own families, find out what the kids are watching, what their grandchildren are watching on the Internet. And they have to have a voice against this kind of thing happening as parliamentarians and and senators. And, you know, the porn aspect is the beginning of an attitude that has permeated in this country to allow human trafficking, to allow all the the violent sex. I I don't even call it sex. It's just um, It's brutality uh, that is inflicted upon these these girls and young boys and there's quite an increase with the young boys this last five years well it's just insane some of the things that i read described just in um by dr gail deans and dr robert jensen i'm pretty sure will be illegal under the geneva convention oh yes we've got left-wing people who um and like thank god for people like dr gail deans who are speaking out but you've got people simultaneously opposed to waterboarding and in support of bondage culture that's right absolutely we do so what, you know, we have to, what I've tried to do since I, since I was elected in 2004 is bring human trafficking to the forefront because I worked with the victims. Uh-huh. And the other thing was to expose the, uh, the thing that porn inflicts. You know, it used to be everybody thought, oh, well, no matter what we watch in our homes, it's fine. Right. And that is true. If they're adults and they... They, I, I don't know why anyone would want to do that, but if they want to do that, I mean, it's a free country. But it's no longer a free country because all of this 
is exposed to underage kids. Right. And that's where we have to draw the line. And it's more and more on the youth because the youth traffickers target the youth, condition them. They do that because they're easy to manipulate. They're easy to lure. They make more money off the young ones than they do the older ones. Right. There's reasons why they do it, and a large part of it is not because they want to watch porn. It's more they want to make the money from what they have Mm -hmm. created. What's the one testimony you heard in committee that you wished all Canadians could have heard? Oh, my goodness. I have to tell you, Jonathan, those survivors that came to committee were people that I've worked with for years. And they bravely got up and told their story. And one in particular, uh, they were all so profound. But one thing that really struck out, you know, uh, how can I explain this to you, Jonathan? I've known these, these young women for so long, and they've come so far, and now they're Canada's heroes because they're speaking out. But there was one incident that happened in the um, in the committee that in all my 10 years of being in Parliament I've never seen before. There was one um, woman, uh, Bridget Perrier, and she was an Aboriginal girl and a woman, and now she has her own children. And she's one of Canada's biggest heroes. She's just the best you could ever run across. And she bravely gave her testimony when a hell's angel, because she was... Uh, she was actually trafficked by the Hell's Angels, and a hell, a hell Angel came in and stared her down, and she kept right on testifying. Wow. Because she didn't never want this to happen to her children. She never wanted it to happen to another woman. And for my way of thinking, this woman is an amazing, amazing woman. Right. So one of the most important questions and for, for all the people who are listening to this and people who hopefully have been very educated on, on what's going on in Canada and this new law coming up as well is just, uh, you know, the dangers of, of these really sadistic trends, especially in the damage they do towards women, is what can the average Canadian do? What are some practical things that everyone, no matter, you know, how old they are or, or how, where they are in life, can, can, can do to try help mitigate this problem? Well, number one, as far as the Internet's concerned, you really have to know what your kids are seeing on the Internet. But by the same token, you know, you have to become aware of how the predators work. And I know on my websites, you can get on any website and you get a lot of knowledge. But also there's a book out, um, you know, Invisible Chains by Benjamin Perrin, and it's a very good book on Canada's human trafficking problem. Uh, also, um, you know, make yourself very knowledgeable. The RCMP, uh, you know, people like that. We have a lot of a lot of information. We give it out for free. If anybody emailed my office, we just give it out because what people education is our greatest weapon, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And you know, having your radio show that you have right now, and 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 because there's many, many, many good people in the world, the the criminal element, the people who do this kind of thing, are in the minority. They're not in the majority. It, the only problem is, is that it's growing and it's becoming accepted and it's becoming common. And the problem is, more and more young people are being affected by it. So they have to. The greatest thing they can do, Jonathan, is educate themselves. 
as to what human trafficking is. The effects of pornography. There's lots of things on the internet. People just have to take it the time, and they have mm-hmm. to discuss it with their children. They right. have to go to their parent councils in their schools, and they have to talk to them about how do we educate um, the schools, the parent council, and as parents. And and there's many. Uh, I know the RCMP has a great kit. I give out a free DVD, very tastefully done. There's resources out there, and they need to get those and become educated to protect to protect their families, Jonathan, not hide their heads in the sand. No, absolutely. What about support for uh, for this this law? What about support for the MPs? Well, for the law, you know, they should write to and copy me uh, Mm -hmm. so I can follow up on anything, but write to the Prime Minister, congratulate him for Bill C-36, write to the uh, Peter McKay, uh, it came from his shop, from his place, and copy me on things because I work very, very closely with Peter McKay and these, and just make sure that the support is there for Bill C-36. Tell them to write to every single member of Parliament. doesn't matter what party it is. Write to everybody and demand they support Bill C-36. You can get a copy of Bill C-36 right on the Internet, on my website or on the government website. And it's a very, very important bill. Become knowledgeable. Uh This is probably, Jonathan, one of the most important bills that Canada has ever passed. And I have to tell you, if we don't pass it, this country is in big trouble. What's your website? www.joysmith.ca. That's my uh, parliamentary website. Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. My pleasure. All right, have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Member of Parliament Joy Smith talking to you about uh, human trafficking, prostitution, pornography, and what our our Canadian government is trying to do about all of those issues. So I I really hope that you'll all consider doing the action items that were suggested um, by MP Smith. We hope you enjoyed this program, and we hope to see you again next week. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend.